What up? Welcome to a podcast of Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 319. On this episode, I'm joined by It's Your Boy H2. Uh, on this episode, we talk about the Patreon, merch shop, some music talk, number codes, aliens, church, movies, more music talk, Astro World, some news, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First thing we're getting to is our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash a podcast of Mo. If you don't know what Patreon is, this website's place you, uh, it's like a PayPal-ish thing, but like you put in your info and then you can pay a creator monthly. Um, so anyway, you give us a dollar a month and you get early access to the podcast. So if that's something you would like to do, uh, consider that. Um, really it's probably not about the early access. It's probably about feeling like you're a part of something bigger, you know, and just really following your heart. Um, also if you give enough, you can be a co-producer like my mother, Marshall, the Dharma initiative bear, it's your boy, H2.com and graveyard entertainment. And, um, we'll be calling H2 on this episode. Also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo has not sold many many merches lately. So uh maybe we need to make some new logos. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Give me some feedback, uh what I need to do a merch world. And um yeah, anyway, that's that's how we make money around here. It's how we keep this all going. Uh, all right, like I said, we're calling uh it's your boy H2 today. And uh, I don't really have any plan specifically of what's talk about. I've gotten real lazy these days in my Wednesday episodes, I guess. So we'll just uh, we'll see what he's been thinking of. Maybe talk some music and maybe not. You know, who who knows? He is a, uh, a rapper. Um, so if y'all aren't familiar and normally when he comes on here, he has some pretty cool thoughts. So y'all go back and check out the old ones if you missed them. So anyway, uh, let's give him a call. What's been going on, man? Man. <laughs> Just been uh steadily at it as usual. Just um we finished several projects, so we've been staying pretty busy with all that. Um, which you know I've been sending songs into the podcast and off of those projects. And um, man, working music, working music—that's all I do. <laughs> Hell yeah, man, dude! I I completely understand. Um. Most days lately, not to get too sad about it, but it's just like, man, do I really want to keep doing all this? You know, like I will, you know, not everyone worry, you know, I'll probably keep making podcasts and music forever, but uh, it's just like, God damn, I do a lot of shit, you know? I feel you on that, man. This right now at this point, like my laptop just burned up this week. So now I've got to get a new laptop in time to put out my CD that drops next week. So. Cause that's what I, I usually upload them through my laptop or whatever. Cause I don't, I don't have internet on my desk cause I don't want to, you know, um, take right. the chance of getting a virus or anything like that on it. So I just, I've always just kept my, my recording PC internet free. Just, you know, that way I just, I never have to deal with that. So I do all my internet work on my laptop. Well, then my laptop just went down earlier this week, so now I gotta go get a new one. 
Right. But I try to but, keep uh, my music when it's like off of not off the Internet because it's on the Internet, but I would definitely try to make it where, uh, you know, I would do way less with it because it was precious, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I just, I just, um, the one that I always, I always record on a, on a desktop. So I've always recorded on, on just PCs and not laptops. So I agree. Same, same. Yeah. Stronger, stronger processor and all that. So just easier that way. So the last thing you want to do is fuck around and have, you know, something get on there that, you know, eats up all your data or your RAM or whatever the case is. And, you know, it's not worth all that. But uh, I agree. There's some people that are out there. They're like record on phones, and it sounds pretty fucking good. And I'm like, well, damn, oh, yeah. y'all figured it oh, out. <laughs> I can't. Oh yeah, definitely. My homie, uh, Beezy, he he's done it several times. He sent me some tracks or whatever. But then, like, when I try to go and master them, run them through my mastering on uh on my program, and, and they just don't sound the same. It's like, but the way you rec- the way you recorded them sounded good though. I, I mean, it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad sound at all. Right. Yeah, I, I used to record on like old shitty USB microphones, you know, you'd buy at Walmart cuz uh, when I first started. And then when I finally got an audio interface, uh, the guy who was explaining it all to me was like you have to get a firewire one. So then I got like the special fucking card for my car or I'm sorry, a card for my computer that uh, could accept firewire. And then I do all that shit. And it turns out it doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Like USB is fine. And I don't know. It was a whole fucking thing. <laughs> well, see, like, yeah, my dad recently got me a USB mic for a um, podcast or whatever. So I used it when I did my, um, my five part special that I did on Hulk share. I used it then and it actually sounded really good. But me personally, my mom got my bought me my first microphone in 2005 and it was like a hundred dollars on eBay and it's a studio mic and it's the same microphone I've used ever since then. Like I've been using it my entire life and it hasn't failed me yet. So I just kind of keep going with it. I'm, I'm a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type guy. So Right. I mean, I definitely want to buy new fancier microphones, but after my last album, I was like the the difference between like that album and then the first album I did on that microphone is so different that I'm like, it's probably not the microphone as much as like, I just got to keep learning how to mix, you know, better and all that. So uh, eventually it'll all come together. You just have a, you know, you got to have an ear for it. That's, that's the thing is like, cause I, I set up my own presets where like I've listened you know, I listen to raw vocals and I just mess with the with the mixer until I hear it completely clean. And then when I'm at that point, then I'm like, okay, so I'm saving that preset. So I'm only hitting three or four presets every time I record. And so so I'm mixing and mastering my vocals in like five minutes. It's kind of. But it's one of those things where it's like you just have to have the time to sit down and actually just listen to raw vocals long enough where you get that that ear for it where you can hear oh okay this you know this needs to come up or that needs to come down or you know whatever the case is right but yeah uh and speaking of music you've had a lot of music projects come out so what all what all of you had drop you had a few uh, like yeah yeah we dropped um we dropped famous 
which was and see the music I was sending you before we did famous I was sending you stuff for my tripolar project well then I ended up putting it on the back burner like I finished it it's like 19 tracks it's done and then I did another project called HVH which you just played the song ugly mm-hmm. on on the last on this podcast it just came out today um which HVH is it you know um hook versus hook so that's the whole project is like it's like 10 11 tracks it's just hook versus hook and then it goes on to the next one so um but there's a, there's also like a deeper meaning behind it too as far as like you know it could be here versus hidden or you know it, uh one of my lines is i'm my only competition so it's hvh you know um just different things of that nature but then we we ended up putting out the whole group project which was which is myself uh jsyf mr goat 731 bz baby and c2d famous so we put that out and that's basically like um it was kind of like our um reintroduction that's what i was talking about on the last show i did with right. you where i was and it was going to be a reintroduction of jsyf and mr goat they're two um people that I've, I've done music with for years back in the past and then we kind of disbanded and then i started flatliner and when i started flatliner i started that with bz and then c2d joined so really when it's me, Goat, and uh, JSYF, we have a different vibe compared to the Flatliner vibe, which is more aggressive. So it's the famous project is a mixture of those. It's like a When Worlds Collide type project. So we did that, and then we just recently dropped Mr. Goat's mixtape, The Gospel. And um, this week we dropped C2D's mixtape. Um, forever mobbing. So we've been right now. The next up is I'm dropping my project 1124. That has my single nuclear that just came out last week. Mm-hmm. That comes out should be next week or week after. I can't remember. I I looked at the calendar last week, but I'm I could be getting confused. It's been a long week. I and the end of the year, the dates just, I don't know, they're harder to remember for some reason. I just know 1124 is coming out close to 1124. <laughs> That's all I know because it's my birthday. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm doing that. And um, and then December 10th will be JSYF's project, Different. That's coming out. So hopefully I'll be able to send you some tracks from that. and. 1124 and and you can play them on the shows coming up hell yeah yeah man always send them over um and you mentioned how you have like different fills for the groups uh what are the different fills and how how does that happen because i mean i agree you know when i make certain songs with certain people they always have like kind of different vibes or whatever but like uh like what do you think makes the different vibes i guess is my question I don't know. It's weird, man, because like we all come in here and we sit down and write together. So like whenever we're working song for song, we're all sitting in the same room 
working together at the same time. So we're always vibing and, and it's always kind of a, everybody has their own style of how they, how they write and how they present themselves. Me personally, I like to write alone because when I'm, when I'm writing, I get up and I pace a lot. Like I pace while I'm doing my verses and I'm, and I'm going over them constantly. So you know, I write a couple lines and I go over it. Now I write a couple lines, I go over all of it again. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's just a constant thing for me, like a teleprompter. So I, I don't know. It's do what I was going to say. Yeah. For me, it's quite different. Uh, I would say, I wish I had more of a group setting for making music. Um, you know, nothing against you and my friends. They're just, they don't make music, you know, and I don't have anyone that really comes over here and wants to like, jam out or like have a writing session so it is a very it's a very lonely thing for me when i make music maybe not lonely is the right word but a, definitely a solo thing and uh when i write i'll be honest i don't do that many takes and uh most of mine is just reading you know like i don't ever take the time to memorize a verse uh sometimes it happens you know if i have to do like a lot of takes and stuff but i do have a lot of friends that you know they, they're always practicing and practicing and uh, I'm not saying that's bad at all. I'm just saying like, I don't do that. And I feel like maybe I should. But I feel like if I do it too much, I lose it. You know, I don't know. I, there's something in the magic of just doing it fresh off the the press, if you will. Well, yeah, I well, my writing process has changed over the years because, you know, like 10 years ago, I was I would write a song and I would pace and I would I would go over it for days before I actually recorded it. Like I would write two or three songs and I would go over them for days before going in. Right now, now I'll play the beat. I'll have the hook. I'll write the hook within like five minutes of me playing the beat. And then I go straight into the verses, which wasn't always my writing process either. My old writing process was I would get like 15 to 20 beats together. I would go through every beat and I would write every hook to every track. And I would have like a, like two, two and a half pages worth of just every hook for that project. So then I would turn around and, and then I would just start chipping away at each song. So it's really changed dramatically for me because now I work on every song at a time. Right. And so it, yeah, doing the, all the hooks at once, that would be interesting. That. My next solo project, what I want to do, and I've done it on one song so far, so it's not like I'm too deep into it, but I'm trying really hard to like freestyle hooks and then go back and write verses to kind of match, you know, not even match. They probably won't even match. I'm not that type of rapper, you know, necessarily, uh, but kind of go back and write verses for it. And I've done one song that way and I really liked it. But now I'm like, I don't know if I'm really going to do this on a whole bunch of shit. But like, I I like just taking different approaches because you never know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's kind of like how I did with the HVH thing is like, I was like, okay, the hook takes on a whole, like I made these hooks so intricate to the point that like, they almost take on a life of their own, uh, separate from the verse. So they're not really, you know, some of the hooks don't even coincide with the verses. So I just made it where it's like two different entities on the same beat. And and I wanted to see how all that would formulate, which was interesting because of several songs on the project. I don't know when I'll put it out, but it's ready to go, you know, so <laughs> I'll probably put it out after um, 
JSYF's project probably around December. Or I may just wait, and that's how I kick off the new year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've already got a whole mixtape and a whole uh, album. Of, well, that's, I mean, I guess it's kind of like an album, but in a way it's, you know, I don't really know what to categorize it under, but I'm excited about this 1124 project, which is, it, it has a lot, it alludes a lot to my life. And once again, which I've really been trying to be since I got out of the hospital last year, this is the most introspective I think I've ever been in my music. Right. And I mean, I've always used aspects of my life and my songs, but I've really put a lot of shit out there that I wouldn't have done 10 years ago. Like I wouldn't have said these things 10 years ago, but at this point I'm just like, I just opened the floodgates and let whatever come out, come out because, you know, I'd rather have full transparency with my listeners than, than not, you know? Right. I mean, that's definitely my take on, on it. Like I think my stuff's very introspective or at least like uh, at the very least I have a perspective, you know, I think like in all my art or whatever. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I do think it's, and it's easy for me to keep it cause it's true, you know, or whatever. So, um, there are times I wish I wasn't so introspective and I could like not care and shit and just make a fun song. But I, I struggle with that. Like the one thing I'm super jealous of you about is you just make, you have an ability to make so much content, you know, or lyrics and all that. Uh, where now I get the moment I have three project ideas, but that might be like what I do for all of next year. You know, if like I'm lucky to fucking sit down and write some shit. Well, I appreciate that. I, I do. I don't know why, you know, I don't know how, but I've always just worked so fast. Like this, this has been my most productive year since 2012. I think 2012, I put out like five or six mixtapes in a, in a year. And this year I've put out, it'll be round and around 11, I think this year. So I've almost doubled that. And I mean, it's, but honestly, part of it was because I, I was able to take a two month hiatus from work. So every day I was on disability. So every day I would just get up and go make music while getting paid. You know, I'm, I'm at home on disability getting paid for it. But really my mind, my mind, it changes so much, man. Like, like I was telling I don't know if we were talking about it before or not, but like I've really shifted my whole mindset to like now everything is um it's like I'm playing with a Rubik's cube in my head. So when I see when I see words or when I see number codes, I take those numbers and I convert them back to letters and I try to see what that number code could actually be saying in letter form. Or, you know, um, I break down words like acronyms. So it's like, I, I do so much of that now. It's, it, it, it's mind boggling to me even because like, I can't turn it off. Right. Like there's no way to turn it off at all. Like I'm at a job where I see number codes all day long, letters and number codes. So my job constantly numbers are just like just being thrown at me and I see them 
and I'm instantly converting them to letters or, you know, vice versa, trying to figure out because I take and I take everything that you've learned through history, like every acronym you've ever heard, like how it was like a MOE money over everything. So, okay. So they took E and they used E as everything. So now I look at the number five and I look at five as everything, you know what I'm saying? Or like four is forever or three is C as in C is in seeing something, you know? So it's like my mind, <laughs> right, but why is it six forever? Like, why would four be forever or is just forever? Yeah, that's a good thing. That see, And that's uh, what I've been looking at, too, is six. Six would be an F. So why why would it be that way? F's in the chat. The you know. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> you're right where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely go down the rabbit hole because I think, uh, you know, there's a part of me that like, uh, you know, I say this every time you're like, I want to believe like crazy shit. and so. Lately, I've been like probably hyper obsessed with video games. Not, I mean, I've been playing them definitely, but like I've been watching like old retro video games and looking up rare games and downloading them and putting them on this. Uh, I have this hacked Super Nintendo uh, mini thing or whatever you can just load up with all these games. And I don't know why I'm getting so into them or whatever, but like I just care a great deal, you know. And so now everything I look at, I'm like, oh, I wonder how this could be a game or whatever. And so, uh, you know, that leads me like to the whole matrix thought and how you're like, maybe we're all in a video game. And I just, you know, um, so all that stuff of like, well, if you looked at letters and numbers, they'd be a meaning to me. The only way that exists is because there's like we're part of some grand scheme, you know, and it's like someone had to set up the alphabet that way. Well, know. did you see did you see when I shared the thing about Gematria? I don't even know. The, what that is. Um, Gematria is the sacred geometry. It's called God's sacred geometry. So it's um basically they've got a calculator where you can plug in certain phrases and things of that nature. So like words, phrases, number codes, whatever you want to come up with. So and some people have only been using certain things. They only use like basic stuff. So when I got on there, I started plugging in like my song titles and um different different uh symbolisms that that have come behind my music so like <laughs> i don't even know what i really want to say but i'll i'll tell you this you know we did that song the magnum opus right 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 so when you type in the magnum opus now you now you have to remember when you look at my spelling i spell things a certain way i don't spell the like I, I don't spell it T H E, I spell it T H A. So whenever my spelling comes through and you you plug it into the calculator that way, when you put the magnum opus in there the way that I spelt it, one of the main things that comes up is God's prophecy. Like that's these are the kind of these are the kind of phrases that actually connect with the same number code of the spelling of the phrase that you're plugging in. Everything has a code. Everything has a set of numbers. Every letter has a certain value. So let's say, okay, so one night I was sitting here and I was just plugging in uh, my old album titles. So I'm always on YouTube and I'm always watching Gina Marie Coven Hill. 
Well, then I typed in looking over life, which is the, the meaning of my mixtape called LOL, but it's called looking over life. So when I typed in looking over life, one of the phrases that came up that matched it was Gina Marie Coven Hill. Uh, who is that? By the way, That's a, it's just a, it's a woman that she, uh, she does a lot of, um, research on like the stuff that's going on with the plasma ships and, um, the sun eruptions. And she's always covering something to do with like UFOs or, um, whenever Nashville was having, she was, there was this weird footage that was going on in Nashville where these blocks were coming in and they were literally taking plugs out of buildings. Like they were taking pieces out of buildings in this video footage and she was showing it. And it was like, they were taking them like by cubes. Yeah. It when, was it, yeah, when you said was, blocks, what do you mean? Like a, a ship in the shape of a block? Like a, yeah, like a cube of like, um, it was like a live footage of a building. And then they took the window out of it. Like they just straight took the window out of the footage. Like it was, it was crazy. You, you'd have to look it up though. Is Gina Marie Colvin Hill. A lot of her videos are like, she gets this footage that is so like, I don't even know. It's so, um, exclusive. Right. But she shows it on these videos or whatever. And she'll, she'll slow it down for you and show you like, where the things moved and all that shit. It was crazy, man. It was all happening in Nashville. It was really weird. Um, I mean, I love I to believe it's some alien shit, but also every time I see those videos, I'm like, is this, is this doctored? Are these just like really good special effects people fucking with me? But if you look at her, if you look at her, you can look at her and, and look at this woman and you could tell, okay, she's not a, she's not a Photoshop specialist at all. Right. You could tell by the way she presents the footage or whatever. She's not that type. But it was wild. It was. She was covering it for several weeks. It was just happening in Nashville. It was weird. I I can't even tell you all the stuff that I watched, but um, I you, bounced back and forth. Yeah, like normally. So for me, like I mentioned, like I play video games and then like sometimes my wife, may, you know, we'll watch like TV shows and shit. But like, what do you do when you're not making music or not working? Like, what do you do? You just watch YouTube videos like uh, this person on UFO stuff, or is there like other other things you do for leisure? I watch. I like to watch movies. I love watching movies, but I'm one of those people that watches the same movies over and over. Like, right. I used to love movies like everything from like before 2000, let's say 10 or so. Like, I like all the comedies and everything because I was in college and high school and I watch movies a lot. But nowadays I hate movies and I just want to watch TV shows. You know, I'll watch the ones I used to like, but new movies I have no interest in for some reason. The newest movie I watched was, um, well, well, I did just get the suicide squad. I got that, which I really liked that. That was, that was really good. The newest you know? one. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen I that thought, one yet. I saw the other one I, in theater. So I thought it was better than, than, uh, David Ayers. I would hope but, so. That was, I think, the last superhero movie I saw in theaters. And I was like, man, I just, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason. Did you go see Venom? Uh, I did not. I didn't see Venom. I, I actually watched The Joker, if that counts as a superhero movie, on HBO Max eventually. But I kind of just gave up on all the superhero movies eventually. They're just not my thing. 
I love Joker. That's a that's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I just don't know if I I'll watch it because I love Joaquin Phoenix. I just think he's so good. Um, but and speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but he has this documentary where he wanted to be a rapper, and it was so good. I wish I could think of the name of it right now, but I can't. And I don't know. I'm sure you can buy it on Amazon or somewhere to watch it, but it used to be impossible to find back in the day before streaming happened because like yeah. he, he was such a bad rapper and he says now that it was all an act and it was all just for the movie. But I, I think when you watch it now, he is a great actor. So maybe he's telling the truth, but it just seems like a guy who thinks he's good at rapping and he's really bad. And it's just like, you, I couldn't not watch it. You know, it's like a fucking train wreck and I loved it. Right. <laughs> so like, I just highly recommend whatever the fuck that movie is. I have to look that up. Definitely. I, I am a walking Phoenix fan for sure. Like, like, um, he meets with Diddy and he plays some stuff for Diddy and he's like, so you're going to sign me? And Diddy's like, fuck no, man, you're horrible. Like, you know, Diddy's being real with him or whatever, but like, you can tell like, he just can't take it. Like he can't take the, the truth. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, it's so cringy. I love it though. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can, I can definitely relate with that. You know, there was a documentary that came on, um, I want to say it was on HBO and it was called heroes. And it was about these people that dressed up as heroes. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I love documentaries. Honestly, that's probably the only movies I, I watch. So I love documentaries. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on that. Like I like to search Hulu and find, you know, different documentaries and stuff. So I guess that is one of my, that's one of my guilty pleasures. I'll say that. And just, I haven't really listened to a lot of music lately. That's my only downfall, I guess, is like I don't listen to a lot of music. I don't because I'm because I'm constantly making it. Yeah. And and like the time that I'm not making it, I'm working. And when I'm working, chances are I can't listen to music. So it's like and I don't it's just my time limit has has dwindled so much to the point where it's like I can't get into anything like I've. I skim stuff here and there or whatever. And I try to listen to what I can, but I have a list in my head. If that counts, I have a list in my head of stuff that I'm like, I'm going to get to it. Eventually I'm going to listen to it because right. I want to be, I want to be in the conversation. You I, know, I definitely, the music thing's weird uh, because being a music maker, you would assume you would listen to a bunch of music, you know? And uh, I used to, I used to listen to so much music. It was unreal. But I, when I quit making music, because I quit for like five years, I like just didn't even want to listen to music because I wasn't Damn. making it and I didn't want to listen to it. And that's kind of when I got really into podcasts. And I, you know, I listened to some songs here and there, but like I just wasn't listening to new shit. That's why like I missed all the Young Thug and like you know I kind of missed all that because I just was out, you know, on it all for whatever reason. And then uh, as I got back into it, I mean, I listen to music. But it really takes a special rapper. And I'm not even saying like they have to be like super talented, but I'm just not going to like every rapper. You know, that's why I don't get offended when other people don't like me. But, you know, I'll come across like Code of the Friend. When I came across him, I was like, who the fuck is this? And I like every song he makes, you know, like and he's like a quote unquote newer rapper. And so I just yeah. follow him and like his songs when they come out, I put them on my playlist. And, you know, I, I, Cal Scrubby is another new rapper that I like. Like, I'll come across some new rappers that I like. But in general, I do not like new rappers. And then also right. having all these friends, you feel like you got to give them a listen, you know. And I'm not the top. I'm not going to lie to people and tell them I like their songs when I don't and all that. But lately, I really do have Internet friends out there making music that's fucking good. So I feel like I got to play them, you know, because they deserve it. And so. Right. 
it's a whole other thing. And, I, and the music all these guys have been putting out has been has been really good. You know what I mean? Like, and and it's coming out so fast. Everybody's coming out the gate so fast with so much stuff that it's hard for anybody to keep up with it. Right. Necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I mean, Forgotten One's new single was dope. And the songs on your album were dope. I can't think of the titles, but I know I list, I listened to the album. I was going through it. I just didn't get time to actually sit down and focus like I wanted to. Right. But I, did, I added some songs from your album to the Imbalanced playlist, my Flatliner playlist. And um, and I know Graveyard pushes that. Right. So And that's all they like Soko had his album and... You know, I do like it, but yeah, he's like, you got to listen to it because, you know, they they give us so many plays and shares and shit. You're like, well, let me check that one out. And, you know, and everyone, everyone would just every two weeks or every week, it felt like there was a project coming out lately. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing. I don't I don't get, you know, upset if people don't listen to my projects because at at the pace that I'm going out with them, I'm like, I, I can't expect everybody to listen to everything that I put out because I'm putting out stuff at breakneck speed. So it's not really, you know, it's like if you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, you don't. It's more music's always been my therapy. So I do it and I don't want to sit on it. So that's why, like, there's there's songs that you've already played that nobody else has heard because I haven't even put the project out yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. But at that that moment, I was like, man, I was really feeling that song. So I'm like, I sent it to you, like Simon Says or... Figaro or, you know, any of those songs, the ones that you played recently, it's just been because I was in the moment and I'm like, man, I'm going to send this to Mo. You know what I'm saying? So and I think the newest episode, I had like three or four unreleased songs and I, I need to probably share that more when I'm playing them. But I also don't quite know when people send them over, if they've come out, you know, like if they're going to be out by the time the episode comes out. But yeah, when it came out today, a lot of people were like, hey, that song of mine's on out till next month. But, you know, it's available here. So. Um, right. those exclusives. Right. You do, you do get the exclusives, like for real, because that's where everybody's sending all their shit to. You're the dude, so right. You know, uh, you gotta. Man, there was Go something ahead. I was gonna. No, I was trying to think earlier. We were talking about documentaries, and I was gonna be. Oh, my favorite doc type of documentaries uh, are cult documentaries. Like I like anything about cults. So um, there's one about. God damn it, I can't think of their name. The Heaven's Gate cult. There's one of those on HBO Max. You know, those are the people like that drank the Kool-Aid or whatever. And uh, there's a new one that's out on Amazon Prime about, uh, it was like a mid-level marketing scheme thing where they were selling shit, but it was also like related to some religion. I don't know. I just like anything about cults. For whatever reason, I feel like I'm going to probably someday try to make one or I don't know. I don't know why I'm so fascinated about them, but if someone could tell me some shit about cult stuff, I'm all about it. Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch documentary now? The the show with um, is uh, it like a mockumentary kind of in a way? Mockumentary yeah, show yeah. with Hater and Fred Armisen, I believe. Yeah, I've seen episode. I haven't seen all of it. Man, that's that's great stuff. Like even though even though it's a mockumentary, it's still like it always makes you want to go search out whatever it was that they were mocking. Right. You know, and that that's what you're talking about is that cult um one they've got an episode that's about that whole cult thing. I think this is the one you're talking about. Um I can't think of who it is that that does it. the Dupless brothers I think did it. Mm-hmm. The one you're talking about. 
And um, yeah, they could have. Now that you mention it, they might have done that one. Yeah, I think it's the Doofus Brothers, but I don't. I don't think I ever watched it. I I like the weird. There's some weird documentaries I've watched that that I really like, like um, some that people probably never even seen, like Winnebago Man. That was a that was a cool documentary. Like I like the ones where these people go out and they go search for these cult icons and see what their life's like now, or you know, ask them what they were thinking in that time and space. And right, well, that's what uh, that's like. I like about I don't know if you've heard of it, Wild Country on Netflix. And that's, uh, it. that's it. Okay, yeah. And there's uh I don't know, like was it like in the seventies, early eighties or something? There's just all this shit that happened and I didn't even know it all, anything about it, you know, and you watch this thing and you're like, wait, this happened in America that like this weird cult like cat well, almost set up a little town or whatever, and like it was just really fascinating. Uh but yeah, they talk to the people now and they still kinda believe, you know. And uh, like a lot of right. these cult survivors, they'll be like, well, I'm not in it, but I still follow the teachings. You know, when you're like, oh, shit, there's people they are living among us and you just don't. I, don't know, I just find it all really fascinating. And because a cult is just like the inception of a religion. And then like a religion is after it's like been around a long time and the leader's dead and every, no one questions it anymore. It's like a religion. But when at the beginning, it's a cult and some, somewhere it changes. And I don't know. I just find it all real interesting. Yeah, kind of, kind of like how the Mormon religion was a bank. It was a bank before it was a religion. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I have a cousin, and I don't think he listens anymore um, or anything. But but he converted to being a Mormon, and so he's like really into it or whatever. But like that's one that's like it's relevant or it's recent enough that there's like court documents of when people were suing like the founder, right? Like you can go look up the documents about it, but. It's far enough away that people are still kind of like, yeah, but it's a like they think of it at least these days. It's like on par with other Christian sects. You know, like people don't think I don't think as crazy as maybe they used to. You know, they're right. like, they used to be like with Jehovah's Witness. Like those they were like on that level, but they're not anymore. Like Mormons are like more settled and normal, quote unquote, than like most people would think of like Jehovah's Witnesses these days. And maybe most yes. people like them more, too. I don't fucking know. Seems like the Jehovah's Witnesses have kind of thinned out too, because I I don't see them. They don't be coming around like they used to. <laughs> well, there's there's some around uh, here, and I honestly never really saw any until I mean I lived in the town I lived in now when I went to college, but then I moved to this other little town where a lot of people in that town were Jehovah's Witnesses, and I I just had never really come across them, and they don't bother me necessarily. But you know, the very little bit of knowledge I have about them, I'm like, well, I don't want to join, you know, and and. Right. People don't really talk to me about religion. I don't know. Something about my look, uh, they just steer clear of me. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like people, you know, I I've never I think we've had this discussion before, but I never really bought into religion like of any sort. So I guess maybe that's the thing about me is like I never I never prescribed to any of it. Like even when I was going to church as a kid or whatever, none of it None of it ever connected with me on any kind of level, you know. See, I used to be really into it. Like when I was growing up, my my grandfather was a preacher before I was born. I didn't really know this at the time. And then whenever I was really young, he was like a Sunday school teacher. And I was into it, you know, because I was a kid and I was like in the middle of the Bible Belt. And I do just remember a lot of times getting hit to the like, well, only God can know that. And I would think like, well, I'll just keep being really into it and someday I'll get the answers to this shit. And then 
Um, at some point, I think when you get into it enough, you cross over to the academic side and you're like, oh, what the scripture meant to say was this and this, but it was translated. And when you get into that, the people who believe it's like divine word, they get like offended. You know, like, I don't know. There comes like a time where like you can't get too into it or you're not going to believe it. You know, I don't well, know. Well, it's like, you know, I was telling you whenever I got out of the hospital the first time and well, when I went into the hospital, somebody gave me the book of Psalms and I'd never really read the Bible. So at this point, this was in 2019, I get the book of Psalms and the guy tells me, start at John. So I'm like, okay, I'll start at John. So I started at it and and I'm reading, you know, I'm in, in this room or whatever. And I see all these things and I just instantly started marking all these things in the book of John, like all these phrases, words, um, you know, different things. And, and I really didn't know why I was doing it. And then it all made sense when I came out of the hospital the second time and I went back through it and started looking at it all. I was like, okay, now I see like I'm marking all these things because these are all things that we see on a regular basis. Like there's so many things in the book of John that you see on a regular basis or you have seen in, in time and you don't realize it because it's been hidden. Like there's just, there's words and phrases in there. And I do all that in my little five part thing that I, that I put out. Um, I break all that stuff down. Like I go through the pages and, and, uh, is that you on itchaboy h 2com No, it's at a uh, hulkshare.com backslash itchaboyh2. There you go. Just so they know where it's at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all free. It's free. It's a five hour, five hour special. Right. You can go I, check it out. But I was just getting all that because like, I don't want to act like, uh, you know, because I think some people think it's cool to not be into religion. And I actually think opposite. If I could change one thing about myself, uh, I I would probably wish that I could go back to a thought process in which I did believe the literal truth of like the Bible. You know, like I think my life was simpler in a way to like just agree with everyone that lives around me. And I do think once I started being like, I don't quite believe that, like it made everything more complicated. If that makes yeah, sense. I, I see that, but I've also, I've also expanded and that's, that's the only other thing. That's the upside to it is when you get to that level where you're like, okay, now I'm picking this apart and I can see all the holes, all the plot holes in the story. So, then you, I don't know, your mind just expands because then you're like, okay, well, if, if there's holes in this, what, what, what else has holes in it? You know what I'm saying? So then you're, then you start picking apart everything. And I guess it, and I don't even necessarily probably mean that deep, but kind of like, uh, like last Sunday, uh, we have these new neighbors that moved in next door and they locked themselves out of their new house. And so they Mm -hmm. came next door to borrow my phone to call whoever has a spare key but they were dressed to the nines because they were going to church, you know, a Sunday morning. And I was like stoned as fucking sweatpants, you know, or whatever, letting them borrow my phone. And they were just like so judgy of me because, like, you know, they're on their way to church or whatever. And so, like, there is a time where it's like, man, I wish I was all on board, you know. Uh, so I'm not the outsider, but there's I just can't. I can't fucking do that shit. Well, like, 
but like when I was when I was going to church, when I was actually trying to go to church, I was also starting my first job at a grocery store. Well, then I was working all weekend, every weekend. So then the first time I actually get a um, a Sunday off to go to church, I decide, OK, I'm going to go to church and go visit all these people because I'm friends with all these people there. You know, but I couldn't tell you shit about what's being said or what, you know, <laughs> what they're reading. Right. But I go, you know, just to um, socialize. So then I go and then I end up becoming topic of the rumor mill about why I haven't been at church. And then by the time the rumor gets around to me, it's, oh, I've been strung out on drugs. And I'm just like, okay, fuck you people. I'm not coming back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it really took. It was like, y'all burned me like the, for having a job for working and not being able to come join in the congregation on Sunday morning. And now all of a sudden I'm part of the rumor mill. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And I was in shit. I was a freshman. I was either a freshman or sophomore in high school then. Right. You know? So, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, and at that point I just, I didn't want to go back. And from then on out, I just kind of was like, uh, it's really just a popularity contest anyways. So Right. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, to another slight change of subject, but earlier you mentioned you like old movies. So like, what are your favorite rewatchable movies? Oh man. Um, like I'm guessing all the Will Ferrell stuff. I remember you like Will Ferrell. I remember. Yeah. Will Ferrell stuff. Um, basketball. Oh, I love basketball. It's like one of my all time favorites. Favorite movies. And like a lot of people sit on that movie or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. It was just in that time. And it was weird because we had a rental place in town and I would always look at it and I would never pick it up. I would always look at it and I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know. And I just keep talking myself out of it and go pick up something I've seen a million times. And then when I finally picked it up and watched it, it became like my favorite movie. I've seen that movie a million times, man. Yeah. And um, I bought it on DVD at some point, like in high school, but I remember renting it as well at a, at a video store when I was way too young. And then me and all my friends, we started playing basketball. I mean, that's what instead of playing basketball, you know, I, you would yeah. shoot from shots while other people would try to make you laugh Talk or miss. You. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> great. I loved it. Yeah. We did the same thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, like, Oh, I remember gosh, having no idea that those were the guys that created South Park when I was watching as a kid. And whenever he done the Cartman voice, I got like, that guy sounds just like Cartman. You know, that just blew right. my mind. <laughs> yeah, that and um, Steve Martin's The Jerk. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, one, good. Of, that's one of my all time favorites. Um, Kentucky well, Fried movie. Right. And, and a lot of things like at least when I was young, you know you didn't just have everything on demand. So a lot of times your favorite was just what you owned. So it was like what, what your parents purchased you and now you owned it. So like now you have to like that, which I think is what's Uh-oh. so funny about our era. But like I owned what? Oh yeah. Mask. Oh yeah. Mask, mask is great. Dumb and dumber. Uh, the first Ace Ventura didn't care much for the second, but oh, see, I'm the, I'm exact opposite, and I think it's it looks good for me in this woke world. But I guess because I was a kid, I never found all the sex stuff all that funny in the original Ace Ventura because I was like five or six or something when it came out. But Ace Ventura right. two when it came out, 
I was like, this movie was made for me. And it was, you know, it was made for kids. It's got like all the animals and shit. Like at the time, I loved Ace Ventura too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still sing the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang from that. I don't, I've never even seen the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I sing it from the scene of him making fun of it in Ace Ventura too. Yeah, I've never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And the Rhino oh. scene. Oh, my God. The Rhino scene's classic. Yeah, the Rhino scene is classic. That's the main thing. <laughs> thinking of because i was like racking my brain like i know i watched it when i was a kid but i'm like what part do i actually remember and i'm like the rhino that's something about the rhino and then you just called it so i'm like yeah we're right on board there right um oh man i'm trying See, to think to what me i like cinema or i don't know if that's the right word but a, a main show i remember watching your movie at a friend's house was porkies so like i'm probably oh, like yeah. a porkies. little off the generation, but growing up in the, in Oklahoma and you know, you're in the middle of America, you're kind of a few years behind, I guess, but I remember going to a friend's house, they put on Porky's and you'd all watch it, you know, and it was like a big deal. I mean, he had all three Porky movies. That was like, that was like the American pie for them. Like in right. the, yeah. And then, era. American, American pie, pie came out when I was in junior high or late elementary, you know, somewhere around there. And I remember going to see American pie two, I think it was. And my friend's sister snuck, like said she was the sister of all of us. And there was like four or five of us little kids or whatever. My dad took me. I remember I went with my dad to watch American pie two in theaters. That was that and road trip. I remember I went and saw oh, yeah. road trip through. I mean, road, your road trip I, is, uh, my roommate from college uh, and my best friend, it's his like favorite movie is Euro trip. And so he had the road trip, Euro trip dual DVD. And we would just watch the fuck out of that in college. So nice. good. also uh super bad is not super. Super bad is great. So I was going to say super troopers. Though. Super troopers is like, it was oh, a yes. big deal when Tro- I was in high school and college. Super classic, like super troopers. Uh, my aunt took me and my buddy to see Freddie got fingered. Oh yeah. Remember? So good. So, man, they're all just classics in their own right. I know they call it the worst movie ever, but I don't care. Like, there's something, there was something genius about it, but. Yeah, I agree. Search for it. Uh, I also, one of my favorite memories of the movies is when Knocked Up came out. And I'm a huge Seth Rogen fan. You know, I'm a big fan of all the stuff he does. And uh, they, at my town here, they actually had someone checking IDs. At the door, like even after you already bought the ticket uh, for you to fucking get into the movies because of the crowning scene and like they're a real big deal. And my little cousin was up and he was like 14 or 15 and we bought him a ticket, but we didn't know they were going to be carding him or whatever. So we ended up getting him someone else's college ID and then we loaded him up full of uh, college gear, like all oversized. And uh, the guy could clearly tell, but he just let him through or whatever. But I mean, like, it was just so fun to have to like try to sneak someone into a movie. Yeah, I remember when Scary Movie came out here, and like I said, this is a little Bible Belt town that I live in, and Scary Movie came out, and me and my buddy went to see it on Friday night, and it was opening night for it, so they hadn't even, the people screening it hadn't even seen it yet, so they're thinking it's just one of those silly parody movies, so they let us go in. And everybody knows how awful scary movie is. Oh, like nice. I love the scary movie. I love one and two. I don't know about after I that. Mean, awful is, you know what I mean by right. awful is like, you know, dick in the air in the ear awful. <laughs> so like that shit that shit was crazy to me because then like we tried to go watch it the second night and they're like, No, y'all can't go in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Like damn. 
yeah, <laughs> scary movies were definitely good. Um, I always just enjoyed the Wayans brothers in general. You know, they were always anything they're involved in. I was getting behind. I always been a huge Leslie Nielsen fan. So like the Naked Gun oh, movies. Yeah. I love Naked Gun when I was a kid. Oh yeah. All that stuff. That um that one movie where they spoofed uh, this wasn't Leslie Nielsen, but the Mafia. Oh I talked about this like a month ago on this podcast and uh yeah <laughs> no one really knows uh about that movie. All these it's but it's in the same vein and it was just making another mafia movie. It's had Jay Moore and um, I think about that movie all the time. God, and it's probably got the most fart jokes I've ever seen in a movie. Like <laughs> the the old woman, the the grandma, scusi, scusi, <laughs> man, shit is crazy. And then I keep trying to think of this movie. You know, just an example of like movies I had as a or my grandparents owned. And so you were just, uh, it's called Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Uh, and I was explaining to my wife the other day. And she was like, why'd you watch this as a kid? And I was like, I don't fucking know. It starts out with a homeless man trying to drown himself in a rich person's pool in Beverly Hills. And then they save oh, him. Wow. And then he just spends like Thanksgiving with them or something like that. And I don't know why, but I, that was just the movie I would grab when I was in my grandparents' house at like six years old and put it in the VCR because it was that Mission Impossible. And that was like the only movies they owned, if, is, I thought. <laughs> it was so odd. Anyway. Me, me and my pop, we always watched... We were he was a huge Beavis and Butthead fan. So like when that came out, we watched we were always watching Beavis and Butthead. We had every episode taped. He'd tape episodes for me when I was gone and come back and we'd just watch them and laugh and man, it you know, he he had a he was a wide range of humor, so he was uh he was really into that. See, Beavis and Butthead was the only show because I remember it came out when I was like three or four years old and maybe a little older, four or five. And uh, I knew I shouldn't be watching it, you know, whatever reason. Like I knew it was wrong. And I had the Sega Genesis game, which I liked a lot. And then whenever the movie came out, Beavis and Butthead do America. I loved it. Like, I love that fucking movie. It was so good. But I never really got into like, you know, the original show. Oh, man. The original show was just there's so many episodes that kind of got like lost in the, in the mix or whatever from all the stuff that they released. But there's so much stuff here recently. Some people, some YouTubers have uploaded the older episodes that aren't even on DVD, but I'm sure they probably already got copyright pulled. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Beavis and Butthead, they've actually got like the Paramount plus deal is like, there's supposed to be like four movies in the works right now. And it's, you know, I just want to bring back King of the Hill. I mean, it's Mike Judge, same creator. So and I've heard uh, that they are bringing back King of the Hill. And I don't want to believe this because I actually we can go back to this podcast a long time ago on this podcast. I said I would love a King of the Hill set in modern day where Bobby is my age, because when that show came out, I was Bobby. Like I'm in Oklahoma instead of Texas. But like, I don't know, I'm a little fat fucking creative kid or whatever. And. I don't know. I was like smart. Bobby's an idiot. But, you know, anyway, very similar. And I would just love to see Bobby as my age and what Bobby's up to. And there is rumor that they're doing that show with King of the Hill. So if they do oh. it, oh, my God. Yeah, I really got to pick up on King of the Hill. Like I watched all the animation stuff that I watch. I watch Family Guy, South Park, Beavis and Butthead, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Squidbillies. Those are like all my go-to shows as far as like when I'm watching stuff. It's kind of like South Park. 
that's something that I can go and watch and like I can just go pull a season out and just watch it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those shows. It's kind of like The Office is the same way for me. It's like I can just pull a season out and just start it and it can be anywhere in the season and it doesn't really matter. You know, that's the best part about shows like that. Right. I agree. You and know. I mean, to me, I'm doing the office in order every time, but teach their own. Uh, but yeah, King of the Hill is great. And I've actually recently finished it on Hulu for the second time, like on Hulu. But I mean, I remember that was one I watch it every Sunday, you know, in the Sunday animation throwdown or whatever the hell Fox used to call it. Um, like I used to watch The Simpsons every Sunday for years and years and years. Like, I mean, up until. Sometime when I was a teenager, I'm sure I kind of fell off the Simpsons, but I used to yeah. love the Simpsons and King of the Hill and then Family Guy. Of course, I never watched American Dad. I just people have told me it's the best or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I just I'll try it. And it just isn't my shit. Um, but I do like Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's new show. It's not a cartoon, of course, but I'm ready for that. Oh, show yeah. To come Orville. Back. yeah, yeah I, I, I do like that. I watched I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, I think that's on- all there is, I think. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons. I was really into it. Um, I thought it was fun. I love everything with Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, but um, was he has a good perspective? Like again, I think a lot of art or whatever and stuff. It's like it's about the creator having a perspective that you can kind of get. You know, it's not like I think what's going to be an issue in like the woke culture. And I think I'm like kind of woke on some shit. So I'm not trying to hate too much. But is that like everyone tries to sterilize everything so that everyone will love it. But that, that's not how you can do art. Like you're going to have to like, you got to choose your perspective and then just go with it. At least that's right, how exactly. I, I see it. I mean, I, I, I agree totally. Like when I came out, when I came out of the, out of the hospital last year, I had this different perspective where I was like, all right, I'm just going to rap, but I'm not going to cuss anymore. So like I put out, um, it was like three or four albums. It might have been five um, or mixtapes, whatever uh, projects where I didn't cuss at all. And then something snapped in me this year when I was working on one of my other projects and I just, I just couldn't help it anymore. And like, I went right back to it and it was funny because my daughter listens to a lot of my music and she was like, um, we were sitting in the car and I was playing some of the new stuff and she was like, I'm really glad you're cussing again. <laughs> like, oh, no, like, okay, I guess there's something there then, which people do. They like to hear me go off on songs. That's why like you, you the past couple of songs you played of mine have been kind of angsty, but like my fan base, like my listeners, yeah, they just want to hear me go off on stuff. So a lot of my songs that have the most, replay value for like my listeners is it's songs where it's like, I just, I just went off. It didn't really have much of a point or, you know, a a concept for that matter. It was just kind of angry and cocky and just all those things rolled into one. But, um, yeah, I'm the same way. Most of, if I have any fans and I don't have many, you know, I have very few, um, but normally the songs they like, um, the in real life fans anyway, are like, the more fun songs, but I have a really hard time making fun songs. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, upbeat stuff. It's like I can either do I either do really angry, cocky shit, or I do really melodic, uh, emotional, introspective shit. I like I I have a hard time sitting in that mid range where I'm just like, kick. You know, I think 
the closest thing to maybe that is what I sent you. The um the song for internet friends. I think that is probably most mid range for me. Right. Well, I feel like on that one, and that's a good thing to probably you know wrap up on. Um, you know, working on internet friends for, and you sent that back to me pretty quickly, and I feel like it was you. Maybe you weren't, but trying to be like somewhat in my range of like what I would normally rap about. You know, I don't know. Like it seems very on brand for me to try to fit into that. Uh, but I haven't really looked into it yet. You know, because I'm trying to like build up something, like really try to focus. After I have a few songs ready, maybe I can get like in a good writing session and try to knock a few out. We'll see, you know, but I have to really try to bring it because I know you're lyrical, you know, so I kind of want to match that and uh, come with some cool punchline shit like that. So we'll see what happens. Dude, you've got some, you've got some nice lines. I've went through some of the inter- internet friends stuff and I've listened to your lines like you've got some dope lines. Like I was like some of the some of the stuff you've said on some of your songs, like on um. I know on Foreign Whip there were some lines on there. Yeah, I, I have a master some Master P lines on that that I think a lot of people don't quite get. You know, if they didn't listen to Master P and shit like that. You know, I do think I have some like clever punchlines here and there, but they're they're fairly understated. I've told people have told me I should make a point to like point them out more, but like to me that defeats the whole purpose. You know, I like exactly. the second and third listen through. Someone's like, oh shit, okay. Exactly. That's one thing that kind of like annoyed me about when Eminem came back out, when he came back out after all the drugs and stuff. And it was like every punchline, he felt like he had to circle back around and explain it to you. Right. In the. And it was just like, just just keep going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're going to re-listen to you a million times. There's no reason for you to explain your punchline. So like that was the one thing that was burning me out was like, oh, don't do that. Like, just drop the line. Let them get it. If they don't get it, they'll get it. Second, third. Listen, hell, there's been times when I've dropped punchlines on songs and I've listened to the song 80 times. And then I listen to it on that 81st time. And I'm like, oh, shit, that connects with that. I didn't even know, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's part of the joy in, in music and in lyricism is, you know, that poeticness and that the metaphors and, and you just don't know how deep it connects until it hits you. Cause everything hits for a certain time and a certain reason. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of the way to wear this. Like a lot of uh, not steps, but there's a lot of things that can make a good line, you know? And so like, for instance, I like punchlines. I think punchlines are good. And that is kind of what I focus on, but also like I've take a great deal in pride. If I can end my verse and it like goes into the hooks lyrics, you know, like, so if people catch my songs, I'll be like, you know, the end of my be like, and some, some, something because, and then like the, the hook goes into it. Like it's one continual thing. You know, I think, I like doing fun stuff. You know, like there's more to it than just punch lines or just this. Like sometimes, uh, you know, like I'm not very good at making like, um, like I guess like a little Wayne would be an example. Like he made bling bling and he makes like noises, you know, instead of words, he makes noises and rhymes with noises. And like, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, like that's some shit I would never think of. Yeah, it, it is cool. It's like, um, there's, there's a, there's a song on, on 1124 that I did where, the lines wouldn't work if I wasn't using the certain cadence of my voice. Right. Like I speak a little bit more nasally on it. 
And, and when I do, then I can actually make these lines connect together better than I would if I was just using a regular tone. So it's like, it's all aesthetic really, you know, you just never really know what's going to work and what doesn't work. And sometimes you just have to, you have to twist it a little bit to see where you can take it. Right. And like, I'm in the world of almost all slant rhymes. Like I, I think straight real rhymes are kind of boring. You know, it's like map, cap, snap, snap. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. No one wants to hear that shit. So like on my intro, my last album, you know, I say like, uh, I'll introduce you. I should be locked in an institution, you know, like introduce you an institution yeah. don't really rhyme, but they do, you know, if you say it the right way and like, that shit's way more impressive to me than if someone's like, oh, yeah, I had five words in a row with straight rhymes or something. I don't know. Right, right. Or like, so like yesterday I had I had my um my call with my therapist and she was like, well, I was explaining to her how how I've been using words and breaking letters down and all this stuff. And she's like, she's like, well, give me an example, you know, just just freestyle me something. So and then I came up with the line. I was like, H is. H is huge enough to hug everything. You know what I'm saying? So like how quick that, and and you don't even really know you'd have to really listen back to it. Some people would anyways to say, like I say, I'm huge. Then I say I'm huge enough to hug everything. So then you got H U G E. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the breakdown of it is, that's where I'm going now is I'm taking letters and I'm breaking the letters down and using them differently. Like how I said I was using them with numbers. So I'm just, I'm trying to figure out, formulate new punchlines to right. do and where, different. And where my brain goes with all that, cause that whole time we're talking, I would have to say something like, uh, going to be huge hug E like Vincent chase, you know, cause Vincent chase is from entourage and, and E is another character. And if he hugs E anyway, but yeah, I mean, I think that is like rapper brain, you know, you're always kind of thinking of how you would connect some shit, but mine's way too yeah. pop culture probably. Right. And yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, I say on my new song nuclear, you know, I say, um, I could bring down the house with the shit I'm saying, but he probably just tell me it was lupus. You know what I'm saying? So like I, Cause I'm a house fan, but you know, it, it goes so many different ways. Um, when you're the pop culture references, definitely you can take those and just twist them so many different ways. Like half the shit we just talked about, we could go take that and put that in the song and fucking twist it any way you want to. Cause you've seen the movie a million times. So it's easy to drop a reference about an actor's name or a character or, you know, anything like that. Right. And that's the, what's hard for me is keeping them all together. Like I could do friends, like a lot of video game references, but I don't. Cause I'm like, I don't know if these people listen to video games, but if I could keep them all contained in the one song that was about video games, you know, maybe that would work, you know, but it's always hard for me to, um, uh, keep shit contained. If you will, the thoughts. Right. Right. And I, I'm kind of like that too. Like I can't stay, I can't stay on a, on a complete concept. So like, right. Like there's threads that like connect how, them all. Like, and I think people mm-hmm. that listen to my music, they're like, I get the, that there's like a theme or there's like a feel to the whole verse, but it isn't like, I'm not telling you the story of how I woke up and what I did with my day. You know, it's like, 
It's different. Right. I mean, I mean, I know you get it because yours, you have some that are similar, or whatever. But, uh, and I don't know what's better or worse. You know, I think it all just depends. You know, you got to follow your own artistic vision. But right, and I mean, it's all scattered. You know, you we're all scatterbrained when we're doing this stuff. Like, it's never. But then when you sit down and you write it all, you write it like you meant to. So it's it's really it's really crazy when you well, think about it way because the most important thing and uh we, we end on this shit and you know anything else you have of course say but for any rappers out there because i give one of my biggest pieces of feedback i give on the music pod as i like say people don't they don't quite sound confident yet or like they just haven't been doing it long enough and i think you can hear that if you're someone that's been rapping for a little while immediately as soon as you hear someone's verse you can tell oh well, they're new because they don't have that confidence in their voice yet and like right. some people take that very hard you know and they take like they get very offended by that um but it is true. Like, so anyway, if I, even if I have lyrics that aren't that good, you got to say them like you think it's good, you know, like, and then like that changes all of it. Like, even if it's not good, people, some people will think it is as long as you say it, like you're about, you're, you're killing it or whatever, you know, like there is something to the presence you bring to it that is more. And I know I, it's hard for me as well. Cause I have a very self-deprecating attitude. Like, you know, you can fall into like a very lazy, you're just talking, but that's not rapping to me. You know, anyway. Right, right. I feel you on that. I mean, presence is everything. You know, like you've you've got to have that. You got to have that confidence behind you because otherwise, they hear it. It comes out in your voice. You right. know, if you're not confident, then you're gonna sound shaky, and people are gonna hear that. And like prime example, last weekend we had a guy that wanted us to come to his CD release to perform and we listened to his music before we went and none of the guys could really stand behind what he was doing. And as much as I wanted to perform, like we couldn't really stand behind it and, and say, you know, like this dude, dude songs, you couldn't even memorize them if you wanted to. Right. Like it was, it was bad. Like, and we just didn't, everybody dropped out. So then I ended up dropping out because we'd we'd set our uh, set list for group set list. And then at the last minute, everybody drops out. So I've got 10 minutes to put a set list together and get to this place for this performance. So I was like, no, you know what? Sometimes you just kind of have to pull the plug. You can't, you can't just push yourself to go, you know, out of the way like that, like shit like that happens all the time. But, you know, I just, is that happen often? Yeah, like I have a guy and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm not I'm about to talk some shit and I'm not trying to be mean about it. But uh, there is a guy who's been on this music pod on the music podcast before and he's from the same town. And I would hit him up. I was like, hey, man, we could do some songs together. We're in the same town. And uh, he's a rapper producer as well. And uh, I spit a verse for him, sent it to him and he sent it back. And it was like the worst mixed thing I've ever heard, you know, and I was like, no, bro, fuck that. Like we can't do this. You know, and I was kind of an asshole about it. Um, but yeah, he hasn't talked to me since or whatever, but that was like my only interaction with someone in my town and it went pretty horrible, but it sounds to me like you come across some other people that make music. Like, are they all good? Are they all bad? Like, is it all just a mixed bag of, you never know. Well, you know, yeah, you just never know because a lot of people reach out to me and want me to get on songs with them. And I've got this one guy, uh, Matt Swift, he hits me up all the time and, and, you know, we do songs together. He's got stuff on, 
all the streaming sites and all that. But my thing is, is that like he sends his vocals in and they sound, they don't sound like mine, you know, um, quality wise. So it's weird. It's a weird comparison. Whenever you're putting these songs out and, you know, the qualities don't match. It's the hardest part of collabs for sure. I mean, like this whole collab album I'll do. I mean, that's what I will spend months on is mixing, trying to, get as close and some I'll get really close and people will be like, that's hell yeah. That's so good. And others will be like, man, that's so bad. I mean, that's just how it goes. But I'm just like, but I'm always up to collab with somebody. Like as long as it's, as long as I can stand behind it and, and he, and personally, like he tries and I can hear it in his, I can hear it in his delivery. And the more I collab with him, the better he's actually gotten. So you know, I seeing his evolution is actually, um, is uplifting in its own right. But I mean, there's been times when I've done collabs with people where they send me their verse and then they have the open verse on there. So then I do my verse. I feed off of theirs. Basically. That's what I'm doing is I'm feeding off of your energy, right? Well, then I sent my verse back and he's like, dude, you killed that man, I got to redo my verse now. I'm like, dude, no, that's not, that's not, that's not how that was supposed to work. And so then he redoing his whole verse. Well, respitting it's one thing, but rewriting it, that would be annoying as fuck. Totally different verse. And I'm just like, nah, the first one was better. Like I get that. I, I get that my verse was pushing you to do better, but you should also understand I only got to where I got because I fed off of you. You know what I mean? So like that's where people have to they really have to hold on to that confidence in themselves to say, hey, what I've got is, you know, what I'm saying is top quality in my eyes. You have to you have to do it that way. You know, it's like suggestive selling like you. I worked in retail for six years and I could only stand behind the products that I, you know, what I'm saying that I knew that I um. I could only sell the products that I stood behind. That's what I mean. Right. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't just sell anybody some old bullshit. Like I'm just not that kind of person. Like I have to stand behind it. So it's very rare that I introduce people to certain things. And when I do, I always have a, you know, I always have a specific reason for it. So, right. Well, um, I will say, uh, the people I've come across, you know, like there's you, Brad's direct. I mean, there's a few people that are very easy to work with on collabs, you know, so y'all, you know, that you'll send something to and it's not, I don't worry about it. You know, I'm like, you can do it with however quick or slow as you want, you know, just whenever you got it. And like, that's a cool thing to have people you can work with like that because there are certain people that, I mean, it's like not a fun experience to do collabs with, you know, like even if y'all are friends and all that, like it's still, sometimes it can be a pain in the ass. So it's cool when you find people it's easy to work with. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, and at this point, like the Matt Swift guy, he's just been hitting me up for hooks. Like, that's what he does. He's like, man, can you give me a hook on this ASAP? I'm like, yeah, okay. Write a hook, five minutes, drop it, send it back. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's easy, but, um, Bradster for, for another thing, Bradster's teasing me about this song that he's putting together. Yeah. And he keeps, he's been telling me he about keeps, it. He keeps teasing me about it. He's sending me messages or whatever. And I'm just like, all right, come on, bring it on. I want to, I want to hear what this is about so I can, 
get ready to unload because he's he he's wanting to jump in that same arena that I've been talking about for you know all these podcasts and whatnot. It's kind of he's kind of like the stuff that he sent me and I read and I was like, okay, I see where he's going with this. Man, he's like a chemtrail believer. He's on some weird conspiracy shit. I haven't gotten into the chemtrail stuff. I know I do see some really weird stuff in them sometimes. Well, we don't really have many airplanes where I'm at, so I just don't see them as often. That's what he claims. He's like, if you lived in a big city like me, you would know about the chemtrails. But I know he has some crazy beliefs, but he's fun. Dude, they're, doing, they're doing that shit every day here where I live. There's fucking X's and O's in the sky. It looks like a game of tic-tac-toe, man. Well, yeah. Like, it's fucking crazy. One more thing that we'll talk about, though, I do want to touch on this because I had somebody actually address my mental health publicly on a on a Facebook post because I shared somebody's post about Astro World. Right. And their post was showing pictures. They were comparing the pictures to stuff from the past, talking about, you know, the cult stuff and all these different things that were going on. So what's your take on Astral World? Uh I, I mean, here's the thing is I don't believe in any occult stuff. So um anytime so, anytime that's like, yeah, anytime someone's gonna be like, hey, this is opening a portal to the devil or he had to do this to get introduced to here because they're gonna drink the blood of these babies and do the like that's just none of my stuff. You know, like I don't I think all of that shit is used as a fear tactic and like to get people weirded out. You know, like I, so I just hate when all that shit happens. Now, like I think uh, probably a lot of people on drugs and not enough security, and I don't know. You know, like I don't, I just don't get too crazy about the magical, if you will, and that's what I've seen surrounding it myself. Right, right. And I posted some stuff like that, but what I was actually getting at was the guy had said, he said, "Dude, you really need to take your meds. Like I'm worried about you. The stuff that you post is concerning," and. And he did this in a public forum, you know what I'm saying? Like right out in the open, like you didn't go message me or whatever and be like, hey, man, what's what's this about? You know, I'm concerned. No, you did it in public on a post that you could really give two shits about. Right. But so what I was actually getting at is that I believe that it is a farce and it was all really constructed to try and wake people up. Everything that's happening right now is to wake people up. So doing something like this, if you connect the dots, as I like to do, it happened in Houston. The The show was called Astro World. Houston is home of the Astros. Well, right. Well, there's also Six Flags Astro World, I believe, is the name of the Six Flags there as well, which I think okay. is where he stole the name from, I believe. Right. So you got you have all these factors, you know what I'm saying, in, in in Houston and then eight eight flames, eight bodies. You know what I'm saying? Like eight is H. You can't like all these things are connected and it's just hard to like say, oh, it was just coincidence. You know what I mean? Like you, I don't know. I just it's weird because I don't care about him, you know, so like I guess that's made it where I don't care as much about the festival stuff. Um, but I just it's hard for me to make to think it's anything. If anything, if like you're going to get me to believe it, it's got to be that like this was all planned to distract you from this other shit that actually happened that same night. I could get behind that. But like as far as like what I've seen of it, I'm like, I don't see how any of that's orchestrated, you know, necessarily. But who knows? 
Very true. Very true. It's, it's a it's a wild time that we're living in. That's for sure. Well, it's kind of like uh, you know I mentioned this like late last episode of Stappy of like people were comparing this to like the January sixth thing with Trump and shit. And I'm like, it's just everyone wants to be so divisive and wants everyone to be against each other and everything. And it's just so like, I don't know. And to me, it's like I so clear they want everyone to be pissed at each other. Like you know, I didn't, I, I didn't really know about the January sixth thing. I didn't really know where I stood on it until just here recently. Whenever they did the uh, the interviews, and one of the officer one of the officers' names was Harry Dunn, and then I was like, okay, this is bullshit. This is, I'm not, I'm not buying this now, which I wasn't buying it before either. But well, still, the only thing. I've ever thought about it is I think it's where they called an insurrection. Like these people are overthrowing the government when they were clearly not like, I mean, yes, they were trespassing, you know, they were in somewhere they shouldn't be do whatever you want to say there. But like for the people to go on the news and claim these old people were overthrowing the government, which was clearly not happening. Where was their army? Where was, you know, like you can't just overthrow the government because you walk into the Capitol building. So like, it's just annoying the way it's handled. Um, and like, at, I mean, on the day I was like, well, this is kind of fucked up. You know, I mean, they probably shouldn't be doing this, but I just think the way it things are being covered are disingenuous. And that has to make you reconsider some shit, right? Like uh, I've always right. been like, f- kind of like, you know, take the vaccine if you want to, if you have comorbidities or whatever that could lead to you to dying, but you shouldn't be forced to do it, you know, but like, I'm fat. I should probably get the vaccine and I got, got one, but I don't think I'm going to get any more because like the way they push it seems odd. Like it seems odd. It has gone past the science. It's more about uh, a virtue signaling. Uh, we can prove we've done this and it's not actually about like, stats or something so like there is like this weird place where like you can't be in the middle anymore you have to be like on some extreme and then when you are in the middle that's somehow an extreme as well and it's you just start to feel crazy in this country that's what i'm getting at right and i I do feel like it's i I feel like it's just gonna keep getting more and more extreme like like i felt like all the afghanistan shit was that was all just a bunch of planned shit too like i don't think that was i've said on this i think they left all the weapons there so that in a year from now, when Afghanistan is a real issue, we'll go back to war. Like they like like they ever want to get out of war. You know, like they make so much fucking money off this shit. Anyway. Yeah. It's all fuckers. it's all just to rile everybody up. Yeah. Or or at this point, be like, okay, what do you believe? You know, I think I think more of it is about just trying to get the public to hold on to one belief or the other, you know, like start looking at it as far as like, you know, this kind of looks a little too far fetched, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, man. Like for instance, these vaccine things, uh, you know, like where everyone's agreeance now, even all the sciences that you get it. And it is only to help you to prevent you from dying. It is not at all to help you from spreading it you know like at all but they will still get on tv and be like if you don't get the vaccine you don't care about others it's like it doesn't even do anything for other people it only helps you yourself it's a selfish act like i don't know like you just can't trust anything man i'm starting to lose it (laughs) there was was a woman at my work that got the vaccine and i told her about the magnetism thing right and so then we had one of these industrial strength magnets there and another girl put the magnet on her arm and she could feel it pulling yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, shit was wild. She did it in front of all of us. It was pretty wild. And I was like, yeah, but not everybody's the same. So it's like, okay, wait a minute. So what do we got? We got bargain vaccines or we got 
is different, you know, like is so weird. Right. Well, it's, something I can't get over and then I'll get off this vaccine and COVID talks. I know everyone's fucking tired of it, but it's just to like, right. you look in Florida and their numbers are doing pretty good. And like, they haven't been wearing masks in like a fucking year. And then you look in a place like New York or California that have all these mask mandates and their numbers are not doing good. So it's like, obviously the vaccine and the mask aren't everything. I don't know. I don't know. You just, you can look at different states and as different study groups by their policies and see different shit that's happened, but everyone just ignores all that. But didn't you, didn't you see when I posted, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I posted that at one point, Tennessee had the highest COVID rate. Right. Yeah. Oklahoma did it at one time as well, but I think really what it is, and I could be wrong, but if you get COVID and survive it and you know, like a good majority of people do, uh, they get it you are then like six to 13 times more like or more protected than someone with the vaccine. So if it's in a place where like a bunch of people got COVID before, maybe they're just, they got the antibodies now. So now that's why it's safer, you know? And if not saying you should try to get COVID, but uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Sing giggles at this point. Right. No, um, I mean, honestly, if we go into lockdown again, I could use the time to make more music. I, I loved it. I loved it when I got to sit at home and shit. And I learned a lot of shit. I, I learned I learned so much about this world in an, in a year and a half that I never knew. I was so blocked off because all I was ever doing was making music. Like that's all I was ever doing. Like I wasn't studying anything. I wasn't learning anything. Like I was just going off of what I knew personally from my personal experiences and my history. And using that and, you know, repackaging it in different ways. And now, like, I've got all this other knowledge and now it's like my shit's just broke wide open. So now I can talk about pretty much anything, you know. Right. And I just I never thought of it as being like ammo, but it really is. It's it's personal ammo. (laughs) Right. I feel you, man. But. Uh, But all right, man, I'm going to get off here. I'm going to play one of your songs, I'm sure, at the end here. Uh. You know, you can I'll, send me something new if you wanted to. Okay, I'll do that. I'll send you, uh, yeah, I'll probably send you nuclear. And just, uh, yeah, I'll send you that to play. And they can get that on Spotify and um, Apple Music and all that. And just be on the lookout for 1124. That's That'll be out the week of 1124. So hell yeah. And then also you'll be on internet friends for at least one song, probably more, you know, if we have some open verses and shit, you know, I'll send something else your way. Uh, but someday, you know, we'll get that collab really oh. concreted in. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to hear it for real. All right, man. Well, uh, appreciate you being on and, uh, you know, we'll have you on again next year sometime. Right. Right. Well, you have a good one and I appreciate you having me on as well. Cause I needed to, the talk time just to you know what i'm saying just to socialize because i don't get to do that a lot <laughs> right i feel you man All right, peace have a good night out. later